Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. I am so glad you've joined me once again for the show. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode uh, or two weeks ago now, I think by the time this comes out. Anyway, uh, the episode with uh, Taylor Holiday, Nate Pouline taking over feed, um, arguing respectfully about all things e-commerce. If you missed that episode, go back, check that out. It's really great. Um, in the meantime, today, we're going to jump back in to something really tactical uh, today, which is I have been thinking about sort of what is the right media buying strategy and media buying is probably the wrong word, creative strategy in a broad sense, creative strategy to get the most out of Facebook ads today in 2022. I have learned uh, a lot about this, even in the last couple of months, seen some ways where I was behind the times and have caught up, uh, watched it happen in some accounts. And I think there's a lot here that's gonna help you a lot. So um, if you are running Facebook ads in any significant way, stay tuned right now. I think this is gonna be a big help. All right, if you hear it uh, in my voice, I'm, there's a little bit of sickness. Uh, my house has just been full of colds uh, from small children all the time right now. But we're hanging in. We're, we're, we're standing up. We're fighting through it. Uh, hey, today, um, what I want to talk about is what something I've seen happen in particular um, in um, some accounts that I have gotten my eyes on since being back in the ecosystem of Common Thread Collective. So I've seen this across multiple accounts. And then also with some things that have happened in the Bamboo Earth account since I stepped away and some other people got their hands in it. And um, it's just been really cool to see real growth in the value that's being created via Facebook ads for a lot of businesses as they do a couple things in a certain process really well. And it's sort of a combination. Uh, I know I said in the intro, media buying, and then I said creative, and and really it's both. It's it's about how you handle both of these issues. And I think... um, and, but, but it starts with this sort of big picture strategy that then trickles into all of it. And, and here's really what that strategy is. The strategy is more creative. <laughs> the funny thing is, this has been the strategy for as long as I've been in Facebook, but what I've seen happen recently um, has, has been just people sort of processitizing this down to the media buying strategy along with the uh, creative strategy in a way that... Um, it's just really impressive. And when you combine those two things up right, it can be massively helpful. So, um, you know, for a long time, I had run most of my um, advertising and Facebook ads bidding via lowest cost or highest value, but with no controls on the spend. Um, <clears throat> just sort of auto bidding, um, you know, using tools like campaign budget optimization and, and trusting the algorithm to distribute my ads best, but without any cost controls on it. And then just kind of trying to see what happens with my creative over time and getting new creative in the account relatively often, but no real process around how creative itself relates to my to my actual media buying approach. Um, and so what I want to do is bring those together, okay? Um, and so, so yeah, like I said, at the core, the basic idea is how much creative can you put into your Facebook account and manage it as efficiently as possible. How much creative can you get into the account and manage it while managing it as efficiently as possible? That's the goal. More creative as efficiently as possible. And, and if you step back and just think about what's happening, the basic idea here is that, is that the way to really generate serious sort of audience penetration on Facebook is not with targeting. Um, 
so, so targeting, when I started Facebook ads was the, the key way to do this, right? You would target different audiences and then you'd use your creative and and use the same creative and different audiences. And the way a lot of times that you'd expand your reach on Facebook was to go and find new audiences. But like one of the things I'll tell you from a baseline is that it's, I almost never see an ad account anymore. I mean, I haven't seen one for a while where the best performing ads weren't in very broad audience targeting. I mean, or, or let me put that another way. I haven't seen an account where somebody dialing in, at least for like D2C e-commerce, where somebody dialing in, getting the right lookalike stack or interest targeting or something like that, really making a meaningful difference to the overall performance of the account. I don't know. There's probably a couple points of of uh, of pr- profitability performance here and there, you know, rust performance here and there, but but not not in a way that really matters, honestly. Um, what's just been very clear for a long time, and this is old news to a lot of you, is that running Facebook ads with um, with broad targeting and just sort of letting the algorithm distribute the ads to whomever um, it wishes is the way to win. Well, um, that means that your ad will get distributed as broadly as there is audience that will sort of um, that will resonate with your creative. And so the more creative resonance you can create, the more attention you can you can generate, the more interest you can generate, um, the farther into those audiences your creative will reach, the broader that appeal. And the tricky thing about that is that um, you know a lot of times the broader you try to appeal, uh, with a piece of creative, and the less specific you are in who you're thinking about, the less resonant you're going to be. So those two kind of work against each other. So so creative itself is the answer to reaching more. And what's more, part of the way you expand your reach is also by expanding placements. Uh, and what I mean by that is some creative will perform much better on Facebook mobile news feed, uh, in somebody's Facebook mobile news feed, than it will on Instagram stories. And once again, that will be different on you know Instagram reels or um or just on Instagram newsfeed or whatever, right? And there's all these placements all over, um, and and the best performing creative works in part because you're able to maximize the volume as much as possible of each of those. Okay, so that so so what I think then the answer is is to generate a whole lot of creative with a lot of different options, and then let Facebook simply take that creative as far as it will take it. And then kill it. And so there's a really there's a really specific um, recipe to making that happen. It's generate as much creative with as many iterations as possible. Let all of your ideas get out there uh, within brand standards as you see fit. Uh, you know, um, it's going to change a lot for brands, but yeah, um, to do that. And then to control your bidding by giving Facebook a target and saying, "Do not spend my money if you cannot hit this target." And there's a couple ways to do that, okay? So that's the goal, right? Generate creative with a lot of different iterations and then tell Facebook, don't spend my money if you don't hit the target, okay? So um, I'm gonna break this down. Uh, how do you do this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this down into four pieces. The first piece is you need, if you're gonna generate a lot of creative, the first, uh, so actually, I should pause really fast. The, the, the problem with the idea that I just said is that it sounds really good in theory, but actually developing a lot of creative um, is time and energy intensive in a way that can sound just overwhelming. It's just like, I don't have any more time to give to go go sit and edit another video a million different ways, right? So, so, So now let me break this down into four pieces to try to help 
untangle that a little bit and help you operationalize and processitize this, this kind of thing. Okay. So first, the first blocker that you have is having enough creative assets, right? It's expensive to go and produce high quality photography and video of your product all the time. Well, some of you are going to catch me right there and say, well, then don't do high quality. Instead, get out your iPhone or, you know, whatever. And, and, um, use sort of UGC looking type stuff. And that is absolutely right. Okay. So, so first, the first thing to do is to get as much UGC as possible. Now, if it's just you and your phone, that's going to be a limitation. So what I recommend instead is in your post-purchase email flow, do some kind of a giveaway or, um, or, or even, you know, a gift card in return for, um, your customers sending you videos of themselves interacting with your product on their phones. And there's, you know, the simple way to set this up so that you set it up once and then you get sort of constant UGC flowing in is somebody makes a purchase, especially if they review, um, especially after a review, uh, you know, you don't want to probably send this, maybe you want to exclude people here if they've given you a one-star review or whatever, don't ask them for UGC. Um, but, um, Although that's probably a good creative idea. You should try and get UGC from somebody who hates your product. It would be really funny. I bet you'd get a lot of attention with that. Anyway, somebody take that and run with it and then email me or DM me on Twitter and tell me how it went. Anyway, um, uh, so um, so post-purchase, send out to your customers uh, in, in an automated way, send out an automation automated email that says, uh, we want to give you 50 bucks in store credit if, we, if you will send us a video uh, of you talking about the product. It helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Um, send us that video, okay? Send them to a page. They submit the video. The more that you can automate all of this using tools like Zapier and Airtable and stuff like that, the better. Dropbox, whatever. Um, but basically, and I'll let you go figure out the best way to automate that. There's a couple ways to do it. But as but get that set up. That'll take a little bit of work on the front end, but get that set up. And then in the background, now one of the things that you have happening is that you have a constant inflow of UGC. And I can just tell you from experience that I have seen UGC. I've, the, the example I always think of is I have seen one piece of UGC for Bamboo Earth. Um, I have seen that generate $650,000 in ad spend at like a two to one or something like that, you know, above our target, like just a tremendous amount of value from a customer sending a piece of UGC because they love the product. Okay. And then we took care of that customer and hooked them up. I think I talked about that on an episode a long time ago. Um, so start there. Okay. Now, now you've got a constant flow of authentic customer video, uh, where you do that. Okay. Secondly, uh, now reach out to friends, um, influencers that you're seeding, uh, anybody who has interacted with your product, who has sort of any kind of good feel where you like their content and pay them a few hundred bucks a month or whatever to give you two or three videos in, a, in an image or two, okay? Again, you, you could do this for, let's just say, depending on the size of your business, depending on if you're, if you're interacting with influencers, um, seeding, seeding is a big part of this. So in fact, let me go there first. If um, like one thing you can do, if you have a little bit of money to generate on this, go work with somebody like Kinship, K-Y-N-S-H. You've, you've heard me talk with Cody Whittick on this show. Um, the Kinship product, if I understand correctly still, $7,500, they will seed 500 influencers with your product. So it's a bunch of money up front, uh, and the, but they'll do all the work getting your product into the hands of influencers and you will get, you know, 
a lot of them responding, over 100 probably at least, and you'll get 100, 150 pieces of UGC that you can then use for ads. You'll have permission to use for ads. The ones you like, then you go and you create relationships with them where you pay them a monthly fee, whatever, 500 bucks a month, something like that, to just generate new creative all the time. That is way cheaper than doing a sort of expensive shoot. Uh, I mean, just, it, it was way cheaper than doing, than doing a big shoot, okay? A big video shoot, if you, if you have limited budget. Um, if you don't have that kind of money, that's fine. Just go do this yourself. DM some people, make it a daily task to DM three influencers and just say, I love what you're doing. Um, I want to send you some product, no strings attached, put in the order, send it out. Okay. Uh, again, there may be some limitations cost-wise there. I understand, but you can adjust that to your business. Whatever you do, whether you go through influencers or you just reach out to friends who you think are good on camera, get them sending you, um, in some kind of a consistent way and pay them for their time product. Get them sending you product. Or excuse me, not product. You send them product. Get them sending you video. Um, now, that's a second pillar of content coming in that you have for assets, okay? Um, third, pick up your phone. <laughs> if you know exactly what you want to say about your product, just pick up your phone, record it, and go, okay? Um, nice and easy, okay? Um, make yourself a task or have have team members do that. You can even incentivize team members. Hey, We'll give you 10% of the spend or something like that. And if they create a winner, then they get some upside in it. Um, you know, that might work for, if you've got a small team that's excited and motivated, that really might work well, okay? Fourth, repurpose everything you do. If you go to Suna, S-O-O-N-A, and you get a bunch of a bunch of images from them, you know, they're an outsourced product photography company. They're really cool. It's not overly expensive. If you need some product photography, you send it to them. They show you everything. You get to pick exactly the photos that you want. They send you your, you know, they send you the photos. It's nice and, and hands off, right? Once you get those, repurpose them in a million different ways. Put them on Instagram, put on your organic social, any other stuff you're using for organic social. Repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. Old video that you have lying around, repurpose that. Anything that you have uh, like that, repurpose it. Now, now you've got a bank of assets, okay? So that's the point. Now you've got a bank of assets. Next, um, now you have to turn those assets into creative. Okay, step one for that is, so, so okay, so, th so that was number one. Generate a whole bunch of assets. As much, you could do that cheaply and in automated ways, okay? Um, by the way, if you're like really, really doing this on the cheap, that means you probably have a very small business and that means you probably have friends who love you and care about you and would, would help you, uh, would be happy to help you succeed. Give them some product and have them record videos for you, okay? I, I, that will work. Like your friends will do that for you, okay? Second, um, assets, now you, now you need to turn those assets into things that you can actually put into your ad account. And so that means edits, okay? So sort of, at least it kind of means edits. Actually, the very first thing you should do with those assets is you should launch them in your ad account. And I'll tell you how to do that in a second. But you should launch them in your ad account um, without editing them. Just however they give them to you. If they edit them up, sometimes people will do that, right? They'll, they'll put little stickers on the videos and copy on there and whatever. Like they'll just... Um, do all the kinds of things that make it internet-y, you know, and make it social media-y, and they'll, and they'll do that for you. So just use it. Use it as is. Use it plain. Use it both ways. Don't edit it because you are not going to be able to consistently predict what creative is going to perform well. So before you go and play with it, boom, you've got a piece of creative. Go edit or, or go, go launch it, okay? I'll, and again, I'll tell you more about that in a second. Okay. Um, so um, second, work with a group like No Limits Creative. 
Millim's Creative, and there's a few of these out there, works with some designers across the world and editors across the world where you, they basically function as um, production, de production designer, production video editor types. And often the way these works is it's a flat fee monthly. I think NLC is like a grand a month. Um, and you get essentially uh, unlimited uh, creative to where you can brief out edit requests and they'll do all the editing work for you. And you just go. So, so when you have this video, if you have some ideas, as much as possible, just start pumping ideas into a brief and get as many as you can at once. Batch them out, send them over to a group like NLC, and then get a bunch of batch edits back, okay? Um, this, a great, this is a great job for um, an excited intern or, um, or somebody who's new on your team who's excited about advertising, who wants to try this. Um, that, can, that can happen. Or you can take the time and just try to you know, block two hours, batch out some edits, send them off, and then come back, okay? So uh, work with somebody like that. That's a cheap way to do this. And they will and they do really good work. Like these are really talented designers and editors, okay? So, so go from there, all right? Uh, secondly, in the midst of those edits and, you know, you create mashable versions of, you know, mashable style versions of things and, uh, what you know, mashed up videos like bunches of UGC all together, um, whatever it is, you can, you, if you find some UGC that you like, that you think like, oh man, I really want to just change what the starting point is on it so that it's a little more hooky. It doesn't get into the video so slow. That's the kind of stuff you'll see when UGC comes in. People, people are a little slow to get to the point. Um, you know, make those edits, bring them back. Okay. Um, secondly though, um, just make copy changes. Um, all right. And this is something I forgot to mention actually in group one, do not underrate the power of still images. When I, when I said repurpose everything, like, like those soon photos or whatever, I, I should have paused on this more. Um, video is great and it works well on Facebook, right? But still images can work really, really well. <laughs> and so don't, don't underrate the power of still images with with headlines on the image as an ad as an ad unit, it it just it works. It totally works. There's a there's a non negotiable number of people that will reach non negotiable. Um, uh, holy cow, uh, my sick kids are ruining my brain. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Non negligible. That's what I was trying to say. Non negligible. Um, there's a there's a group of people uh, who who still images with a headline will reach, and it's still just a powerful ad unit. It's it's how advertising has worked for a long time. Uh, an, an image of your product with some compelling copy on it. And, and this is where I'll say, um, if you're working with stills and you want to create different variations, I have seen the headline on a still image drastically change the value created by that image. So, so what should you do? You should write five to 10 headlines. Get all of them into the ad account, as many of them as you can, and just go. Don't, don't waste your time um, trying to figure out exactly which one is best and, and, and clarifying the perfect copy because suddenly you think you're David Ogilvy. Like, you're not, and it's okay. You don't have to be. Um, just get the options in there and go. Copy changes on stills. Do the same thing for the first screens of your videos. As people send you videos, think about how you can use copy um, or overlays on the on the very first screen of what people send, so that the hook changes before you get to sort of the meat of the video, um, and and that that's something just to think about in general. Headlines grab attention, and then after that, you have to explain the product. Okay, so build your creative to do that. Get attention with a headline. Use other copy or a lander or whatever it is that you're working with. Product product page or 
or, or, or the rest of a video or whatever to explain the value of the product once you've hooked somebody um, and grab, grab their attention, okay? So uh, collect a bunch of assets in automated ways using a lot of UGC, that sort of thing. Um, get edits quickly uh, from, from people. And get them batched out from, uh, from partners and then make small changes that can have big effects like changing the copy, okay? Third, Another huge element of how you can generate creative that, that wins uh, with without a big budget, okay, is change the offer. Change the offer. And when I say offer, I mean something very specific. What I mean is the product plus the price, okay? Um, what I see happen time and time again is that people get stuck advertising the same product over and over and they never even try. And adver- they, they advertise product A in all their ads because they think, well, that's the product we use to acquire customers. And they never even try product B. Or product A plus product B for 50% off. So like a gift with purchase type thing, okay? Or um, ch- or uh, or discounting product A, you know, depending on your brand, that might might be um, the opportunity. Bundling things in different ways. Um, you can do this pretty quickly. And, and uh, if, with, in Shopify, you can use, uh, I think it's just called the Bundles app. Uh, there's a few of these though that will connect various ones of your products so that you can create new SKUs that are collections that are bundles of existing SKUs uh, and then very easily tell uh, your inventory tracker that the, the inventory should be tracked together. So if you have SKU A and SKU B and SKU C is the combination of SKU A and SKU B, okay, then then you can have an app tell your inventory, tell Shopify basically um, that SKU C uh, anytime somebody buys that, that you should be minus one on SKU A and minus one on SKU B. So you see what I'm saying, right? It's easy to track this all together. But go just create a simple extra product page. You can even hide it from your collections. Show clearly why it's a good deal to the customer and take the same creative you were already running and now running it run it to this new offer. Um, man, it can make a huge difference, especially if you have the kind of product that's easily bundleable that lends to that well, right? Where it's like, you know, it makes sense to buy SKU A alone, um, but man, it also makes sense to buy SKU A with SKU B and it actually makes sense to buy SKU A, B and C all together. Like we had this with, with slick products, right? Where it was like, yeah, you could just buy the wash product or you could buy the wash plus the, um, degreaser plus the shine. And that makes a lot of sense to buy it all as a bundle. And so then you're presenting it as a bundle and seeing how that goes. And then what happens when you add the foam cannon? Same with skincare, you know, you buy a whole routine, not just one product, but test both, test both, test different prices, test different products. Um, you know, price is tricky because if you have retail partners, you got to be careful about that or you're on Amazon, you got to be careful about that. But, um, but you know, if you combine things up in certain ways, then, then it can make all kinds of difference. So, um, look at your SKU set again, think about ways to change which product you're advertising. Think about ways to combine them. Think about ways to give people offers on higher AOVs, whatever it is. Um, and then, and then take your existing creative, um, and turn those offers into new um, into new basically landing pages for your ads. Again, even if you're just making it as a new PDP in Shopify, it doesn't have to be a fancy landing page. Send tra- traffic straight there, see what happens. Okay, so now we've got assets, now we've got edits, now we've got offers, and now here's the key that puts it all together, okay? Launch as many of these as you can with number four, cost controls. And there's really two kind of key ways that, that I would think about doing this, and this is what I've seen happen in the accounts that I've watched. 5x their spend, like Bamboo Earth, 5 to 6x the ad spend since I left. Okay, just, just, I just was not seeing this, how effective this could be. Um, okay, uh, 
there are two ways to do this cost caps and, and, um, running minimum ROAS. Okay. So, um, with cost caps, you're bidding lowest cost, uh, on Facebook. You're, you're basically telling Facebook, Hey, I want to get you, I want to get the lowest customer acquisition cost I can possibly get on my product uh, or on this order. Um, and so I'm going to run ads for as low of a CAC as possible, but with a cost cap, what you tell Facebook is, uh, and, and you, you probably know this, right? But, um, what you tell Facebook is, um, do not spend my money if you do not think that you can get me a um, uh, let's say let's say your let's say your CPA target is fifty bucks on a hundred dollar order and you say your cost cap is sets at fifty dollars then um, then you just say like Facebook don't I, I want a fifty dollar CAC don't spend my money if your algorithm doesn't predict that it will generate um, purchases at fifty dollar CAC just don't do it and. It may be the case that Facebook does not spend your money at all <laughs> because it's like, nope, you're never going to get that, okay? Um, it, for the first week, by the way, Facebook will have to be getting data. First week, maybe two. Facebook will have to be getting data and that's going to be the worst part of your spend. But if your co- if as long as your cost cap actually is accurate to your target CAC, um, over time, Facebook will learn how much volume you can get. And it might spend 10 bucks a day. It might spend 100 or whatever. But here's the key. As long as you have inventory, uh, do not ever let it tap out your budget. There's no reason you should ever spend through your entire budget. You always want to keep your budget higher than what you're actually spending as long as that cap is right because you want to take as much volume as you can get at the target that you've selected. Minimum ROAS is basically the same thing except for instead of bidding for the lowest CAC, it bids for the highest ROAS, which means it will often bid at a higher CPM for higher value customers, higher AOVs, but it does the same thing. You set your ROAS target and you go from there. One note to watch out for here. Um as you do that, is that you, when you do that, you should uh, you should be conscious of the fact that in the post iOS 14.5 world, you are going to have some signal loss. And when you have that signal loss, um, just know that, that means that there's going to be uh, some, some purchases that your ads are driving that are not actually showing up on Facebook and therefore are not actually showing up um, under your cost cap target and your mineral ass target. So watch this carefully check what's actually happening with your orders versus what your targets are and adjust your targets as needed. So let's say um, Facebook has recently said that their average signal loss is down to 8%, which is amazing, um, that they're, they're able to capture orders, uh, 92% of the orders that happen through Facebook ads. Okay, so, so let's just say that's a starting point. You might need to make your cost, cac, or your, uh, your cost cap target 8% above your, your CPA target, if that makes sense, your mineralized target 8% below, um, just uh, to make sure, or above as well, excuse me, um, to make sure that you are spending the amount of money that you want to spend. But that's in the details. If you just start in that basic spot, you're going to be good and you'll see where your ROAS actually comes in at relative to your targets. Now it's on you to figure out what those targets are and where's profitability for you and how does cash work in your business and all those questions and where's LTV and, and all that kind of stuff, right? That's for another episode. But if you have the target and you know this is a target at which I can spend, um, go and build accordingly. And now, here's the key with that. This is not news that you can run cost um, cost caps and mineralis. The key is combine those two plans. Launch as much creative as you possibly can as fast as you can at the targets that you want and then just watch Facebook do it. So what I've watched happen in a bunch of accounts now is just these accounts get built with eight, nine, 10 campaigns or whatever, or ad sets even, um, uh, or, or multiple ad sets per campaigns. But you know, eight, nine, 10 campaigns where it's each one is a different offer, is a different um, is different uh, creative approaches, is different products, whatever, different different sets of creative. And all of them are 
are launched with cost caps or mineral S targets. And the, and the total budget, if you added it all up, is 20 grand a day or whatever. But the actual total spend is like three grand, four grand a day, and, or maybe $1,000 a day or, or maybe $2,000 a day, depending on, the, depending on the account. And the reason for that is that all the um, advertisers are doing is, is simply saying, here you go, Facebook, get me as much spend as you can with essentially an unlimited budget. Um, you know, be careful about this in the early stages in particular, but, um, but, but essentially just go get me as much volume as you can. And what you'll find is some campaigns will only spend $50 a day, but they will spend $50 a day at your target. And when you layer 10 of those on top of each other, well, that's $500 a day. And when you get a couple of those that are at 200, well, now if you really are profitable at the number that numbers that you've set for your cost controls, if that's really the case, now you've suddenly built an account where you're generating a whole bunch of creative enough to run 10 different campaigns, all of them getting as much reach as they can or as little reach as they, as they you know, as much reach as they can, which may, may, be, may be very little reach, but you put those all together and now you've got an account that's spending a good amount of money and your business is growing at the pace that you want. I do not know another way to make this work anymore. There once was a time when ROAS targets were very, very high and you just sort of spent in an automated way and you layered your account by uh, you know, starting with 1% lookalike and then you added interest targeting and your, your spend degraded over time and you, you started with a five ROAS and then you spent as much as you could until it degraded down to a two, but you got all the volume that you wanted and then you watched the LTV pour in over time and, and that's the way it worked. You, you, you know, you, you, you were crushing your targets and then you, you spent as much as you could essentially within that all in an automated way. Those days are gone. Now what I find is the really hard thing for a lot of brands is to actually spend up to the amount that they want to spend at the target they want to spend at. And the way to do that now is max out the amount of creative you can produce, build a process and a system to constantly generate as much creative as possible, give people KPIs around it, uh, just around the number, and then um, launch with cost controls and let Facebook do the work from there. If you can do that, if you can build that out as a sort of a hamster wheel in your business that's always turning, uh, then you can maximize the value of what Facebook ads can still provide as what is still the most effective advertising tool for D2C businesses uh, that I'm aware of. All right, I just never know sort of um, where everybody who's listening is at, what, what their job is and their company and all those kinds of things. So if that's in the tactical weeds a little bit um, and that's not really where you are in your business, send it to somebody who, who is working on that. I think it can really, really change businesses. As I said, like I watch this happen as I've stayed connected to the Bamboo Earth team to where they're spending, you know, up, up, uh, you know, thousands of dollars more, really ultimately hundreds of thousands of dollars more by building this machine like this than they were when I was, when I was last there. And I'd seen that at times in my time there, but, um, but it's been really impressive to see kind of what some smart people have done when they've gotten their hands on that and said, here, let us take sort of the newest and best uh, way to build this sort of thing. It's definitely changed over time. And, and, uh, and what that, I mean, what that really amounts to is, is a tremendous amount of change and growth um, in terms of the value that, that that brand can create as it acquires customers at the targets that it wants at way more scale than it did before. And that's, that's the name of the game. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully that's some help to you. And uh, uh, if it was, as always, I'd really love it if you would rate and review. I always say that. Let me pause right there and just say it again. It really helps. So if you'd give us a rating and review, I'd always really appreciate that. Uh, and if you share it with somebody, like I said, if you are uh, in the Facebook ad side of a business, 
um, share that, uh, or, or you're working with somebody uh, who's there, share that with a team member uh, if, it's, if it's any help to, to them as well. And I, we really appreciate that as well. You can always reach out to me on Twitter. Tell me why I'm wrong or dumb or whatever. I'm not sensitive about it. I'm always glad to be helped. Uh, at Andrew J. Ferris, please reach out to me there. And we'll talk next week.